When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I have an update on the original ugliest data breach of all time, Equifax breach of five years ago. So there's a lot of emails floating around about it, letters to file a claim, I want to tell you what the real scoop is. And later, I've got some amazing news on the cell phone front. How about having a free calling plan? It's not a joke, a free calling plan. I'm going to share a couple of options that the marketplace is now presenting to us, one that's free and one that's a deal. So we are getting tons of questions to our free one-on-one consumer advice center called the Team Clark Consumer Action Center. People that are just absolutely befuddled and confused by the terms of the finalized class action lawsuit. Can you believe it took five years to get to a finalized thing for the Equifax data breach? And the truth be told, Equifax really got away with an unbelievably horrific set of circumstances where two-thirds of American adults have had deep data about them that were leaked because of sloppy work by Equifax. And a lot of people lost their jobs there, but at the same time, millions of Americans, and also, if you have any Canadian relatives, Canadians as well, suffered a breach of their personal information so deep that criminals have been able to bide their time and you never know where an identity theft is going to happen. One of our staff members is going through an identity theft thing right now where someone was able to use data that we don't know if it's from the Equifax breach, what breach, but they were able to fully impersonate them and try to steal all the money out of their bank account. And only because uh, it was actually a credit union, someone at the credit union thought, you know, before we send all this money away, we should really make sure, make sure. And that was the first our employee knew that there was a full identity theft going on. And that sharp person at the credit union prevented what would have been a big theft of money. So... The Equifax data breach, although it's the worst data breach ever experienced in the United States, is certainly not the only one. But now that the Equifax breach became finalized just a few weeks ago, people are like really confused. How does it apply to me? What do I need to do? First things first, the only thing that is pretty much universal 
is if you want it, you can have four years of free credit monitoring. You don't have to worry that at the end of four years, they're going to start charging your credit card or anything. You don't post a credit card. Uh, They don't have anything to charge. If you want it, for whatever reason, you can have the four free years of credit monitoring. Uh, Credit monitoring is not nearly as valuable as where you have the credit freeze. Credit freeze is where you lock down your credit. Credit monitoring only says, hey, by the way, somebody just did something. So I'm much more into credit freeze. Both are free. Second thing is if you had actual real demonstrable expenses that you can somehow prove were because of the Equifax data breach, you can claim up to $500 with documenting the time it costs you and all that. They pay you a $25 hourly rate up to 20 hours of time that you tried to clear up an identity theft. After that, you can just file for a general amount of money that unfortunately, because of the number of people who are out there who were harmed and likely to claim, I mean, it may be just pennies per person or a dollar to a person. I'm not even bothering. And I did not have a data breach that in any way I could pin on the Equifax thing. I've had over the five years, I've had some credit cards compromised. I've had nobody attempt big-time identity theft where they pretended to be me and apply for credit. Have you had anything like that in the last five years? No, thank goodness. My wife hadn't, your husband had Mm -mm. Nothing like that. So it still means the information's out there and somebody might try to do something. But I don't think you should say, hey, wait, they got a settlement with Equifax. I'm going to go get my money. (laughs) There's no there there, really. There's not any real compensation that you should run after. And and this is usually true with class action lawsuits is that there's, when it's all said and done, it's very rare there's real money there. Well, speaking of that, uh, Mike in Nevada says, I received an email regarding a class action settlement uh, regarding Plaid Inc. I believe this was used to connect my bank account to certain apps. Is there anything to this? And is it worth submitting a claim? Well, this same theme, isn't it? Because uh, I had somebody ask me the other day when I was getting a bagel uh, that they had gotten this one and they wanted to know if they should do it. I mean, if you want to if you want to come find me, it'll be whatever bagel shop is really or considered to warehouse, be good. Warehouse club. Here I am, or a warehouse club. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could run for mayor of Costco or Sam's oh, Club whenever I'm in one. Lots of people say, oh, you work for Clark Howard? I met him in Costco one time, or I met him in Blank Club. Blank Club? Sam's Club is now Blank Club? Well, you know, whatever club. <laughs> BJ's Wholesale Club. I don't know. I'm not a BJ's Wholesale Club member anymore. Oh, okay. There's not one close to me anymore. So, no, just a two-warehouse club guy now. But anyway, the plaid settlement, plaid behind the curtain, handles a lot of stuff for fintechs and financial sites. And so they're kind of the plumbing behind the scenes. Well, the class action lawsuit was about them capturing too much of your information, having too much of it there to then use for whatever purpose they were using it for. And this one is another one that the collective payout is 58 million 
but the number of people affected is so huge that there's not going to be any big payout. So this is one that if you want to file a claim, you have through the spring to do so. And if you want to go ahead, but it's not going to be enough for you probably to even go buy one of Krista's overpriced coffees that I see you have another one today. How much was this one? $3. $3. Yeah, I don't think you'll get $3 from either settlement. So This is from Edgar in California. My wife and I are currently renting a family home in Los Angeles for only $1,000 a month. We have no real credit card debt, $10,000 in student loans, and $7,000 in a car loan. We have a little over 100000 in savings and would love to buy our own home in the LA area. Prices in our area have skyrocketed to around a million dollars for a three-bedroom, two-bath home, making it very difficult or impossible to buy right now. What is your advice for a 33-year-old couple making 150 k a year in little debt wanting to buy a home in the current market? We feel borderline depressed having a decent income, but no real shot at buying a house. Okay, so first of all, you have a fantastic income. You have an income much higher than the average American couple. You have... Uh, relatively low debts, I mean, almost no debt. You've done a great job saving money. And this is why California is suffering an out-migration, people going places where you can have a nice middle-class lifestyle and have a nice home at a decent price. Because when you're in coastal California, there's just so much land. You got mountains around you. You got the ocean and the real estate is a zillion dollars. I mean, you know, Edgar, if you go inland from where you are, there are so many people buying in the inland desert communities and having unbelievable commutes or being able to work remotely because it was the only place they could stay in Southern California and own a home. This is hard stuff. So, you're renting a family home at a fantastic rent, $1,000 a month. I mean, that's great. And if that is an arrangement that your family member is comfortable with renting you a home at 1000 a month and it's a neighborhood you're happy in, I know this is weird and crazy, but it would definitely be to your advantage to continue to rent and not try to buy right now. You know, conditions... In the real estate market, as you know, not just in California, but around the country, are very overheated right now. And the market is uh, inflated for a number of factors that I've talked about related to the pandemic with too much money floating around, the uh, prior record low interest rates, still low rates. I'd like you to continue to rent for a while. And I don't know, Edgar, if it's realistic in your life, if you would consider if it's important for you as a couple to own a home, if you would consider for that lifestyle reason relocating to somewhere else in the country where you're not going to have the commute problems of Southern California and you won't have the housing costs of southern or northern california along the coast Uh, but if you did want to buy a home keep saving money like you are you've already saved over a hundred thousand dollars this is great and 
wait to see if the market does moderate uh, because the market is so, I don't know if inflated is really the right word, but it's so ridiculously pricey that it's a lot to take on to spend a million dollars for a 3-2 that might even need renovating. This is from Paul in Illinois. Last year, Clark mentioned some large banks merely relying on in-house credit checks to issue credit in, in their credit cards. To me, this is the tipping point where one should obtain identity theft insurance for their family. I have a $15,000 coverage rider with my homeowner's policy, but fear this may not be enough or worse that using it might not qualify for the catastrophic claim that one truly saves their policy for. Can you tell us where we can investigate some standalone reliable identity theft insurance? Or am I wrong about using my homeowner's rider for a possible event? And P.S. Could Krista please tell us the full name and author of the Lifespan book she mentioned once? We had a couple of questions about that. So that book is called Lifespan by David Sinclair. He's a Ph.D. biologist. So it's Lifespan, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have to. Krista quotes stuff from to me that all the time don't you about sometimes well just lots of things i read just yeah, trying to keep you, you healthy you are very unhappy with my eating anyway so yeah it is something that you're going to see erode over time and that is the use of traditional credit reports and credit scoring models from equifax transunion and experian in order to establish credit worthiness um there's so much deep data available now. There are a number of financial institutions, fintechs, and some banks that are using alternative and internal uh, methods of crunching data to determine if you're credit worthy. So the issue that you're bringing up that's really smart, Paul, is that when you put a credit freeze in place, which I'm you know, the man from credit freeze, really, when you put that credit freeze in place, you're shutting down the ability for somebody to impersonate you, take over your identity, apply for credit, because with the credit frozen, they're going to try to do a credit check on you through Equifax, TransUnion, Experian. They're not going to be able to. So if lenders start relying more and more on their own proprietary systems and internal systems, and they're not using the three major credit bureaus, then the criminals now have a way around credit freeze. Um, so far, this is a small enough effort that it's not a danger signal yet. And ultimately, what it means is that the entire process and thought behind credit freeze will have to change, and there will have to be a financial industry-wide database where you freeze your credit rather than being credit bureau specific. I don't think that anybody in any legislative body, congressional body is onto this yet and thinking this through yet. Usually they're reactive instead of proactive. So, I mean, what you're fearing could happen. The financial damage you would be able to assert would normally be low enough, it's more your time and aggravation when somebody applies for credit as if they're you. So I think what you're doing already is sufficient and the 15000 in coverage should be enough. So I would feel okay with that. But 
I love that you were processing the if then because it's been on my mind and I just haven't wanted to go into the school of the paranoid. So I let you do that for me. Now, coming up next, what you're paying for your cell phone almost always is more than you have to. But what if I told you you could get your cell phone service for free? Well, of course, there's a catch. I'm going to fill you in. Our cell phone plans are one of those things in life that we end up just living with what we're paying by inertia. We go through the process of getting a plan, getting a phone, and we tend to stick around. But what's going on now in the industry is the big cell phone carriers are really getting afraid of people looking at all the variety of plans and options that are available. And they're all bulking up for the fear they have of what's coming from the new fourth national player using a legacy name brand that you've heard of before, Boost Mobile, which is rapidly building out a new advanced network. And the owner of this is the guy who owns Dish Network, very aggressive price-wise. And so the cell phone carriers are doing something I want you to be really aware is happening. Uh, Verizon is being very aggressive about this and is T-Mobile. They are doing three-year contracts for a new phone, not for your service. The service is just pay as you go, right? But if you want the new fancy whatever phone and they say, hey, it'll be half price, it'll be free, what does that mean? You're billed every month, and then you get a service credit every month, but you have a three-year commitment to them. And if you decide to bail and go somewhere else, they've got you as their prisoner because then you lose that free on that phone, and you have to pay the full remaining balance for it. And it's their replacement for the, thank goodness, long-gone contracts to try to keep you from going to boost with their new aggressive plans or going to uh, one of the one of the captives like you know with Verizon you've got um, uh, Visible and you've got the various other brands that they bought from TrackPhone like Straight Talk and all that to keep you with the more expensive option they hook you in with the phone now it's important if you can avoid those long-term phone contracts because the cost of monthly service keeps going down, down, down with competitors, all the way down potentially to free for someone who just needs a phone service. Imagine not having to pay a monthly bill. It's goofy, right? Well, one of the discounters called TextNow is doing a plan that is one of those freemium business models. You pay them 99 cents for a SIM card, you know, the addressable chip that you get from them to put in your phone. And then you have monthly service at no cost for unlimited talk and text. What do you not get? Data. So what they hope to make their money on is selling you a data plan to go with it, but you don't have to do a data plan. So let's say you want to stay in touch with a child or an elderly relative or a preteen or whatever, you can 
put them on one of these plans and you have the ability to reach each other all you want by talk and text, but without a monthly bill. Isn't that weird? I mean, it's not the first time we've had a calling plan that was free. Remember, Krista, there used to be a company that originally was from Europe that had the free service, but it it never worked right. What's the name of that one? Do you remember who I'm talking about? They were uh, around for a number of... Free Cell, was it? Something what's that? like that? Was it Free Cell? No, I'm remember. trying to remember. I mean, it's so weird. It's become a trivia question because it failed and it's gone. But who knows what will happen with text now. The great thing is it's available for free. Now, something else. All the cell phone carriers are competing for the segment of the market that are not the people who buy inertia are staying with who they're with. And everybody's playing this game right now, including AT&T, a most interesting way. So the most important seller of cell phone service in the United States outside of the retail locations of T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon is Walmart. Walmart is a powerhouse in the sale of cell phones and cell phone plans. So AT&T is trying to muscle in the Walmart stores because to this point, Verizon has had heavy control over the sale of cell phone service and cell phones in Walmarts. So AT&T is doing a rate plan at the Walmart stores that you can't buy direct from AT&T. So think how weird this is. You get a cheaper deal on AT&T from Walmart than you can from AT&T. It's branded AT&T. You just can't buy it from AT&T, only Walmart. So the plan is an unlimited data plan, 5G, for $45 a month for one individual. It comes with all kinds of add-ons, including pretty generous allotment for hotspot. So you can run your laptop or whatever off of your cell phone. And also, if you have friends, family, whatever, in uh, Canada and Mexico, you got the unlimited use in both of those places. So if you go to a Walmart, they're doing an initial promotion. AT&T and Walmart are doing this thing together where you get a special deal on an AT&T phone in the Walmart store. And you also get this plan for the $45 a month. So they're selling older iPhones. If you're into iPhones, like an iPhone 11 is $299. An SE is $149. And if you're into Android, they have Androids for $19, $29, and $69. And then you have the $45 a month plan. Again, for a single individual. And the reason I want you to think about this is no matter what you're paying, there's almost something, certainly something out there that's a cheaper deal that gives you the features you're looking for. One thing way overlooked at T-Mobile are the plans they have for people that are 55 and over, that are military, that are first responders, that are plans that are basically, depending on what other features you want, unlimited data with talk and text at T-Mobile, $27.50 a person. You have to have two people minimum 
but then you get these really cheap rates at T-Mobile. A lot of people at T-Mobile may have started before they had hit the double nickel, 55 years old, but you may be able, well, you can just by asking switch. If you've in both of you don't have to turn 55, just one of you, you can now both get the much cheaper deal. And by the way, for parents, if you have two kids and you are both 55 and over, you pair up one of your kids with one of you and the other kid with the other, and everybody's paying $27.50 a month, unlimited everything. I want you to know there are so many ways to play the cell phone game, but the one thing you don't want to do is just stick with whatever you've been doing with whoever you're with, because I guarantee you, you're paying too much. Krista? This is from Tanya in Florida. I'm a divorced mother of two teenagers that is starting to feel the pinch of the economy. I'm trying to pay off some debt and not making much progress. I'm interested in selling my wedding ring. It's a quarter round diamond with some other diamonds in the band. Is this a good time to sell and how do I get the most for my ring? So Tanya, I'm really sorry that you're feeling that kind of financial stress. The reality is that ring is not going to bring a meaningfully large amount of money. I mean, it's almost better to keep it if one of your kids might want it to give, if they're boys, you know, give to an intended someday as their engagement ring. Or if you have a daughter, if she might like to have it as her engagement ring someday from her intended. But selling it, you just don't make a meaningful amount of money. Generally, if you're selling one and you want to try to get some meaningful money, it has to be a, a pretty significantly sized diamond and you're selling the diamond itself more than you are the jewelry itself. I know as a divorcee, there may be um, a feeling that it would just be bad uh, mojo, which, mojo? Yeah. having it be the ring that one of your kids would wear or give to someone as far as value from it, it's going to be really, really hard to get a meaningful amount of money for it. I mean, you can go to a pawn shop, but if you go to a jeweler, jewelers do not pay very much to you to buy a ring from you that they would then turn around and sell for a great deal of money. And so I've seen people have some success um, on Facebook in local buy-sell groups where you meet the individual and you're in that area. So I guess it's, a, it's worth a shot. Um, this is from Mike in Nevada. How close are we to true streaming pay-per-view? I can currently purchase Peacock to get all NBC content, Paramount to get all the CBS content, ESPN Plus, etc. I used to have a cable subscription to view those channels. It seems like we're leaning towards only paying for what we watch, and I think that's great for the wallet. So it's funny because the industry's trying other things right now because of the churn they're facing. Churn is when people may watch a, a streaming service for a month because they keep hearing everybody talk about blah, blah, blah show and they'll binge watch the first three seasons of it. Guilty. Really? What, oh, I've done what that have you with done that? several different shows, yes. 
that you'll sign up for something mm-hmm. just for a month and then and then you cancel it if you remember and if you don't remember you're paying for something <laughs> you're not watching so the industry is doing exactly the opposite of what you're hoping they do mike and i'm starting to see offers where or requirements that you sign up 90 days at a time instead of 30 days at a time because of the churn i think that eventually you'll see pay-per-view for high-profile events like we always had with uh, cable and satellite that be like a UFC event or something like that or some kind of soccer series that's not easily watchable in the United States. But I think we're a bit away, I could be wrong on this, from having pay-per-view for specific shows or series or events. You're going to love this one, Clark. This is from Clark Fan for Life in Virginia. I'm a 60-year-old father of two sons. My proudest moment as a dad will be this coming May when my oldest will receive his doctorate and my youngest his bachelor's degree. I've been their avid supporter their entire lives in furthering their education. Myself, I am not college educated. Being a senior and still working for two more years, can you give me ideas on how I can get a college education? I'm looking for the quickest way with the least cost. I understand there are programs for seniors to attend college for free. I just want to make my sons proud. Aww. It doesn't have to be a bachelor's degree. I'm open to any suggestions. The ultimate would be to have them watch me walk across a stage like they have given me the proudest pleasure of seeing them. I have been thinking about this for years, and who better to ask than Clark and team? You're about to start crying. Oh my crying. gosh, it's so awesome. Go ahead. It's really great. Okay, so you're right. In Virginia, where you're from, is one of the states that has a tuition waiver for people starting at your age in Virginia, 60. You know, some states are 65, but it's very common that a lot of states at their state-supported community colleges and four-year campuses have programs where once you reach a certain age, you can attend college for free. It's not even auditing in most states. You are eligible for degree-based programs. So you could do an associate's program, which is a two-year degree. You'd have a graduation. You would get your sheepskin and walk across the stage. And as proud as you are of your kids, I'm sure they're proud of you with that sheepskin you would get or without because you have obviously done a great job raising them. You didn't get to go to college yourself, but you saw it as very important. They heard that. They absorbed that. And now they will this spring, one with the doctorate, one with the bachelor's, and you were the one who gave them that inspiration. And be proud and check out the Virginia program. It's called. It is called the Senior Citizens Higher Education Act. Okay. And so there's <laughs> you lots be able of information to find it pretty online. Easily online. You yeah. enroll in a state school and apply for the program uh, for the free tuition. What a deal! And uh, who knows? There may be something when you look through the course catalog. You're like, wow! I always was interested in that. I never got a chance to study that. This could be your opportunity. Well, regardless of whether 
you go to a university in the state of Virginia. I'm glad that you attend Clark Howard University here with me as part of our podcast. And it is our joy and goal each day to be able to be of service to you and provide you with information that gives you the power to take more control of your life and your future. And we're home of the Chippewas. We are home of the Chippewas. All right, so we got to give the background (laughs) on the Chippewas. Sorry. So I got my master's degree from Central Michigan University, which is the home of the Chippewas. And, uh, And so we call Clark Howard University home of the Chippewas. Stolen from you, Central Michigan University. Chippewads with a D, even better. Chippewad? Chippewads. Yeah, but I mean, it goes so well with my alma mater, the (laughs) Chippewads. Have a great day.